What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome back to Wellness Inc. I'm Dr. Mike Moreno, taking a deep dive into all things wellness after over 25 years of practicing medicine. I'm fascinated with anything and everything that can help you feel better, live healthier, and become the best you possible. I'll be interviewing the most cutting edge experts in the field of wellness and exploring new innovative technologies to help you live your best life. At the end of each episode, I'll give you my weekly RX, my top tips for you to use right away. Remember to subscribe for free, rate and review my podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. So can you hack your biology to gain a better life? Well, our guest, this guy's a, a rock star, by the way. I'm just going to start with that. Uh, our guest, Dave Asprey, I'm going to say the most famous biohacker. And he says, yes, that you can. He's personally spent over $2 million to uncover effective biohacking techniques, methods, and products that have helped him improve his biology. And the good news is he's the guy that spent the money. So, you know, we're, we're, we're riding on his coattails. He spent the big bucks, so we don't have to. And he's so confident about biohacking that he's planning on living 108 to 180 years old. And we're going to talk about that because I have some thoughts on that. So Dave is here today as part of our biohacking on a budget series. And if the idea of biohacking is new to you, well, Dave's going to explain it. And, and this is in his words, it's the art and science of changing the environment around you and inside you so you have more control over your own biology. It's what you put in your mouth. It's the air you breathe. It's the light you're exposed to. And he's here today to share his most important fasting hacks. Welcome to, I, I mean, you're, you're a legend, Dave. Welcome and thank you so much for being here. I'm always happy to get to share biohacking with, with the world. Thanks for your kind introduction, Michael. L listen, you're a big deal. And I've been following your stuff for a long time. We could go so many directions with this, but I want to take it to you and your personal experience. And I want to start with letting people know that you've lost a lot of weight. I mean, you, you took a huge journey, if I'm correct. Oh, yeah. I just posted a, one of those proof photos up on my Instagram um, I used to weigh 300 pounds and I'm wow. today around uh, 12 and a half percent. And like, look at me showing off my guns. Look at those guns. I, I, the, the New York times says I'm almost muscular. So there are lots <laughs> of like, like weightlifter dudes. I'm 48 and I'm a hundred pounds. Well, about a hundred pounds lighter than I was when I was 23. Wow. And I still have stretch marks from when I was 23, but I, I've had three knee surgeries. I had arthritis in my teenagers and I'm highly functional. I don't have pain in my body all the time. And the brain fog and the high risk of stroke and heart attack and all that that I had before I was 30, it's all gone. And so here's the deal. If I can do that, you probably weren't as messed up as I was. And here's the thing. I didn't do it by grinding it out at the gym. I didn't do it by going on a low-fat diet where you're hungry all the time and you want to kill people because you're so hungry, but you just, I'm just going to muscle through it. You can't muscle through the rest of your life. It's stupid. And I tried all that. And I tried being no, a raw No, no. And it made me sick. So- I finally, I'm like, I'm writing a book about this because I've read thousands and thousands of papers. I've run an anti-aging nonprofit for 10 years. And you know, no one teaches us how to run ourselves where the most valuable thing is, how do I feel? How much energy do I have? 
how much do I like my life? And then how do I look? Because most people aren't willing to trade off how they feel for how they look, but you want both. You know, it's interesting. And we talked a little bit in the intro and I say this, and I've been saying this for a long time that listen, the body, the challenge with living nowadays is the environment in which we're exposed, right? When you take our body and you put it now into 2021, I mean, the world's a different place and never mind, you know, it's environmental, but it's also so many other distractions. So take that body and say, okay, it's like putting you on Mars, right? It's like sticking you on another planet and saying, okay, survive here. That's the key. And your deal is the whole fasting thing. And you've been fasting for years. So let's talk about that. What what is the definition from the legend on fasting? What does it mean? Well, fasting literally means to go without. And there are all kinds of fasts when you think about it. And here in the West, we say, oh, you know, fasting means to go without eating for some amount of time. And we immediately think about starvation and you know, how you couldn't handle it. And I couldn't even go 24 hours. Uh, so when I was in my mid-20s and I was overweight and my brain was working, a few people said, maybe you should try fasting. And I was like, you're stupid because my body will go into starvation mode. Uh, and then right. I know that I'm going to get hypoglybitchy and I'll yell at all of my friends and right. coworkers, and it's just not going to end well for anyone. So right. you know, that's, that's just not even sane. And here it is. My first big book was the Bulletproof Diet. People lost more than a million pounds doing that. And it was the first major book that talked about intermittent fasting as a strategy. And it turns out there are three things you can do during an intermittent fast that turn off hunger completely. And I've had 60,000 people come through my fasting challenge program, which is totally free, whether or not you buy the book. It's at fastthisway.com, by the way. And what they say is, I can't believe I just went 24 hours without eating and without being hungry. And that's a win because what I want people to do is be able to get the biohacks that are most effective as measured by how much energy and time and money do you put in and how much energy do you get back? Well, Skipping breakfast means I didn't spend time, energy, or money on breakfast. So you got paid <laughs> right. up front. Right. More, more energy, more focus that morning. You got paid right away, and you didn't get diabetes later. You got paid again. So this is the highest ROI of anything. That's why I wrote a book on it. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I got to be honest with you. When the whole fasting thing came on to the scene, I didn't realize that I've been fasting my entire life without knowing. And the reason, and I'm 53 years old. But the reason why is I was never a breakfast guy. You know, some of these people wake up, a lot of people, I know many friends and colleagues and patients, they wake up and as soon as their eyes open, they're starving, they're hungry. For me, it's never been the case. I wake up and I have this lag. So for me, it's about when I wake up and I continue to, you know, as my day goes on, I develop hunger. I never get starved. I never really, really just get overwhelmingly hungry. But as this brought on, you know, came onto the scene, as you started bringing more light to this whole topic, I started realizing, hey, you know, that's kind of what you've been doing. So I thank you for this because it's validated how I've lived my life. (laughs) So, you know, through all of your research, you've made it easier. Why don't you tell us, what did you learn? What are some key nuggets that you've learned in terms of your, your what you've gone through and your experiences? 
Well, there, there's sort of two sides to it. One is my experiences as a, a guy who grew up with autoimmunity and obesity and the diseases of aging. The other one is what have I learned from hundreds of thousands of people going bulletproof over the last 10 years and working with them in, in my mentorship group uh, called the Upgrade Collective. So I'm going to answer it from both perspectives. Perfect. What I learned personally was that I was afraid of fasting and I was afraid for those two reasons. I'm going to be a mean person. And I'm going to go into starvation mode. And I knew I wouldn't starve to death because it takes 60 or 90 days to starve to death, but you feel like it right away. And I also knew that I ate when I was lonely. So I hired a shaman to drop me in a cave. And I spent four days by myself in the desert with no people and no food. So even if I was hypoglybitchy, it didn't matter because was I going to yell at a lizard? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And, and I tell that story in the book. And there's a chapter in the book on this spiritual history. All around the world, people do it. And so the most important thing to understand about fasting is you are going to, if you do it right, you are going to feel more energy and less hunger than when you do it wrong. And it's sustainable for the rest of your life to skip a meal on regular occasions, either breakfast or dinner, usually breakfast, and to go on and that you'll live longer if you do that. And it didn't cost anything. It didn't cost you pain. It didn't cost you money. It didn't cost you time. So it's just worth it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So I, I'm curious, like you, you mentioned this now, I, I know a lot of people are saying, wait a minute, he got dropped into a cave without food. Like you actually did this. I did it. And I tell the whole story throughout the book. And this, this is a book that's as much about the emotional side of fasting because my publisher came to me and said, Dave, you should write a book on fasting. I'm like, I already did. It's called the Bulletproof Diet. And it tells you everything else you do with food too. And <laughs> they said, no, you know, there, there's more to it. And the book would have been step one, don't eat for all. Step two, it's good for you. Here's some studies. And there's lots of books like that. So if you need a, a rational reason to fast, it's already there. But why do we not do what we know is good for us? That's what Fast This Way is about. And it turns out there are these basic algorithms that drive your body before you can even think about them. And I talk about those in the book. And fasting triggers two of them. And in fact, here they are to understand. Here we go. If you are an amoeba or a bacteria or something, you have to do very basic things over and over in order to live. Well, our bodies are built out of ancient bacteria called mitochondria. So they're still running the same program. And the program goes like this. If something is scary, run away from, kill, or hide from it. Go into fear mode, 10 times more energy and focus on fear. Right, And you have to do that because you're a dumb little bacteria. You don't know what's going on. So the cells in your body independently <laughs> run that little thing. And then the second thing is, eat everything because the famine's probably coming. So when there is food, eat it all. Okay. So this explains why you procrastinate, why you don't ask that person out, like all the things that you, you wish you would have done, all the fear things, uh, all the anxiety, public speaking, fear, whatever you have, that's the first F word. And it's in there, but it's coming from those little ancient bacteria. Second thing is why you ate all the donuts, right? It's right there. The, the right. third <laughs> F word is one that all life has to do to reproduce, which is fertility. I don't know where you're going with that, but 
um, that gets three times more attention. So everything that we do that we're ashamed of is basically ancient bacteria trying to survive. The problem with fasting is that it triggers the hunger thing, which then triggers the fear thing. And that's why it's so hard to do it. So I talk about the psychology of teaching yourself, you know what? I feel like I need to eat. And you tell yourself, I'm starving. Let's go have you know, tacos for lunch. Well, you're actually not starving and it's not a true statement. So part of fasting is that you can fast from air. It's called holding your breath. Well, it's called breath work. You can fast from the hardest fast of all is at the end of the book. It's called fasting from hate. Go for four hours without thinking a bad thought about another person or thing or yourself and see how far you can go. Okay. That is a really challenging thing. And, and I do that at one of my, one of my companies, a neuroscience company that uses feedback with a computer to teach your brain how to be able to do that. So can you fast from water? Yeah. People do a dry fast all the time. Ramadan is a dry fast during the day and uh, there's no food or water uh, for 12 or 14 hours. And are each of those beneficial? Can you fast from video games? Yes. Can you fast from carbs? It's called the keto diet. So fasting is really just teaching the body that you are safe when you don't have something that it feels like it needs. And every time you learn to do it, it calms you down. And fasting, there's two sides to it. There's a spiritual fast, which is what I did in the cave. And there's a working fast, which is what, what I'm doing What was that right like, now. by the way? In a cave? Yeah. I mean, I mean, seriously, it's, it's, it's not there. like land of the lost. Like, what was that like? <laughs> I tell, I mean, I tell some of the stories at the beginning of each chapter in the book. So I, I found this weird shaman lady, uh, you know, over Google, <laughs> maybe not the safest and best way to, to do that. Uh, I'm a little <laughs> That's how we find now. everything these days, right? Exactly. And, <laughs> you know, she drives me off in a pickup truck and, you know, drops me off. I'll be back in four days. And, and I, I said, well, you know, what's our safety thing? She said, every morning, turn on your phone. This is pre-smartphones. Uh, turn on your phone uh, and send me a text message that says you're not dead. If I don't get a text message, I'll come out there. And then she says, don't worry, I'll be watching you remotely anyway. I go, what do you mean? You have cameras? And she's like, no, I'm a shaman. And I, <laughs> I tell the, the full story there in the book. But at the end of the first night, the next morning, she sends me a text message and says, I know what you were thinking last night. And she was right. And I'm coming to the trailhead to move you to a different cave. And I'm like, how did she know what I was thinking about the night before? Because that's weird. So some interesting stuff happens, but what you find when, when you fast for a longer period of time, um, those little things I talked about, the mitochondria that run the F words. Well, right. <laughs> when there's, when there's no food, they're not just power plants in our cells. Like we learned in seventh grade, they are electrical sensors of the environment around you. So when there's no food and they're, they're not working on chewing up the steak you ate, they turn around. So if you go for a walk in the forest or the desert, and your stomach's empty, you sense the environment differently. And this is why spiritual paths all have fasting. You get more energy in the brain, less energy used on digestion, and more external focus of your sensor networks, the very subtle ones. And man, it's pretty profound. You go for a walk and the colors are different. Uh, and you definitely, you, you feel for the first couple of days hungry. And after that, it's, it's just this level of energy to the point that I, I finish up the book where I'm uh, so I'm supposed to wait for the, the shaman to come pick me up with a short walk, but I'm so energized after four days of no food that I end up accidentally walking 10 miles, climbing the wrong mountain in the desert. Oh my gosh. But it you would have been a shoe in for survivor. I mean, you would have been like, yeah. I'd have had your, my money on you. No uh, doubt. It, totally. So it, it's, it's a powerful thing, but to try to do that on a Monday morning, when you have two kids bouncing around. right? Zoom. So there's a working fast and that's what I'm doing right now. 
I haven't had anything to eat since last night around seven. And uh, so this is what, about 15, 16 hours later, I've had my bulletproof coffee this morning and I've had no protein. I've had no carbs and I've had probably a hundred calories, which this type of calorie you can have during a fast and it turns off hunger, but you're still fasting. So I'm doing that because I wanted to be present and focused. And if I'd have had breakfast, I'd have been less present and less focused. Why would I do that to myself? So working fast, you can use the fasting hacks much more easily. Uh, And a spiritual fast, you journal and you rest and you reflect. But during neither fast, do you run a marathon? And that's an important thing. Your stress levels, fasting is a stressor. Right, it's an it's an energizer thing, but you can overfast. And there's a chapter for women in fast this way. That's about what happens to women when they fast too often versus what happens to men. Let me ask you this, because I know I hear this a lot as I've been practicing medicine. Women and men are different for obvious reasons that we know. But what are you going to say when someone says, "Well, for women, it's different"? What What's your answer there? What you you mean? Women aren't just little men. <laughs> I don't think you can say that, Michael. You've, 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 you've offended someone. In today's day and age, you can't say anything. So, I, all right, let's hear. Like, how is this different right. in that whole realm? You know, it's a big deal, and it comes down to evolutionary biology. So, fasting is what's called a a hormetic stressor, and hormesis means if it doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. And to be really clear, not all stress is hormetic. So taking some cyanide doesn't do any benefit. It's just stressful, even if you don't take enough to kill you. Like there's no benefit, right? So some people are like, oh, it doesn't matter. No, you can harm yourself greatly with all sorts of things. But lifting weights, okay? It tears up the muscles so it'll grow back stronger. And fasting is like that. So if you're already under a huge amount of stress, right? Uh, whether it's emotional stress, physical stress, you have, uh, you know, an infection, uh, you have financial things going on, you just slept really poorly, whatever. Maybe that day you do a shorter fast or you don't fast at all. And on the day where you feel like really great, you might do a longer one. And with evolutionary biology with women, when women experience stress that their body thinks means it's a less safe environment, even right. if the woman knows it's safe, it affects hormones in women before it affects hormones in men. And there's a real easy explanation for this. A woman's body is listening to the world around, including emotions, including toxins, including calories available, all that kind of stuff, including too much exercise or too little. And it says, if I was to get pregnant right now, would I die? And would the baby make it? And it does that calculation without your permission. And then it messes with your hormones if it believes that now is not a good, safe time to do that. And it makes so much sense evolutionarily. And it this makes is backed up by sense. evolutionary biology. This is what stress does. And this is why with women, what usually happens, and this is from 10 years of working with men and women doing the Bulletproof diet. So this is not just me saying it. My wife's a medical doctor. What happens is you go, I, oh my God, I did it. I feel so amazing. I'm never eating breakfast again. In fact, I'm never eating lunch again. Like I'm all in on fasting. I'm only having dinner. In fact, I'll have dinner every other night. And you can actually do that, right? But then all of a sudden you've fallen into the fasting trap, which is the same as the vegan trap. If you go vegan, you're like, oh, it works, except when it stops. But right. after about four to six weeks, women who are over fasting find number one, sleep quality goes down. So you wake up in the morning, you feel hungover, you didn't have any dreams, and like, oh, that's weird. And then number two is your cycle starts to become irregular. And you're like, that's strange. It was fine two months ago, but now it's off. And then number three, you start getting hair thinning. 
And with guys, it takes them eight to 12 weeks before they hit that usually. And the first sign is sleep disruption. The second sign is there's no kickstand in the morning anymore. And the third sign is hair loss, but they're shifted in time because, okay, let's look at this from an, you know, the, the male bacteria perspective, not that bacteria have gender, but um, the, the male animal perspective, you can be stressed and still get another animal pregnant and you won't die. Right. Right. That's a great okay. point. And this is not human men. This is zebras. This is snails. Like this is how life works. And it's done inside the cells. It's not even a single cell that's doing this kind of behavioral stuff. So the system adjusts for that reality, even though as humans, we adjust for a kinder reality. Right. But that's why our, our stress responses go that way for fasting. So the chapter for women says this is going to sound totally weird, but maybe when you're menstruating, you should experiment with intermittent fasting. And some women do really well with it, but a lot of women are like, I've got enough stress right now. I, I don't feel really good or the week before. And so it's highly individualized. And here's the most important thing for men and women from fast this way. There is no ideal length of fast for anyone. Everyone's and, different, right? I mean, every, it's fair it's to say- It's not just that you're different. Tomorrow morning, you might be different than you were today. And that it's okay right. to vary the length. And as long as you go at least 12 hours with an empty stomach, then you've, you've just kind of dipped into it. And if you do that most of the time, you'll be okay. And you might get up to 16 hours most days, but if one day you do 12 hours, you didn't fail at all. Right. And that do right. fasting the same way every day doesn't work. It's why the book is about fast this way. Well, whichever way is working for you. Well, and it's brilliant. And I love the, I love the title fast this way. And, and I try to remind patients, I try to remind myself too. We're all different. We live different lives. You talk about, you know, metabolic capacity and hormones and things of that nature. But, you know, we have different structure in our lives and we can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow. We just don't know. We get thrown curveballs constantly. I think we don't give our bodies enough credit for really what an amazing machine the human body is. And I mean, we think about all these things. I mean, you figured all this stuff out, but the rest of us, like myself, we're still trying to figure all this out. The human body is just fascinating. And, you know, one of the things I think about when I talk to my patients is I, I say to my patients, think of the heart and, and think of people who live into their 80s, 90s or 100, right? The heart just beats. It just does it. It just beats and beats 24-7, nonstop. It just does it and it does it. It's amazing what the body does. When you can tap into stuff that you've tapped into, I mean, listen, we're all not going to get dropped off in a cave. At least I, I know I'm not going to do that. But if you're willing to put yourself out there financially, physically, mentally, as you've done, and a lot of people applaud your work for doing this, we start to get glimpses into the human body and how fascinating and how capable it really is. It, it's true. I, I was always angry when I was young that there wasn't an instruction manual for the human body because I was constantly <laughs> in pain. I had all these things and, and just nothing worked. I really did work out an hour and a half a day, six days a week uh, for 18 months straight when I was trying to lose that hundred pounds. And I was on a low fat low calorie diet. And I stayed fat. I could max wow. out all the machines at the gym. I was tired all the time. I gave myself a, an autoimmune condition during that time uh, from overtraining and not eating enough food. And I stayed fat and there's all kinds of things that we should know. And I just decided that even though I had a successful career in Silicon Valley uh, and you know, was working with AI and cloud computing and all the, the cool stuff, 
uh, I was going to write this little blog that shared all the stuff that made my brain work to the point that I, 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 I just have this effortlessness about thinking and about my energy that I never had as a, even as a child, right. Uh, everything felt like work and it doesn't feel like work anymore. And I just wanted to share that. If five people are going to read my blog, whatever I, I have, you know, I'm a VP at a big company and more than five people cared. So I, I felt called to turn it into a company and make stuff I couldn't buy, like, you know, bulletproof coffee and all that. But I have five other companies, including a neuroscience company for executives and my upgrade labs uh, company, which takes all the technology of biohacking, the big machines that no one can afford that I've written books about. So I have them in my basement. Um, they're now at the Beverly Hilton. They're in Santa Monica. I'm opening a facility in Victoria and we're franchising that all over the world. So there will be labs where you can go and you can get five times more exercise in a few minutes than you could get at a normal gym. And you can recover like you would from sleeping for several nights in much less time. So it's about recover more in less time and get more exercise benefits in way less time. So I want, I want to set people free. It's really about efficiency, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, we, when we think of the term efficiency as it applies to anything in our lives, it's how can we get the most out of things by putting in maybe not as much effort, right? It's not necessarily work harder, it's work smarter. And so what you're basically doing, if I understand you right, is you're teaching your body to work smarter, to be more efficient, to be less inflamed. I mean, when you talk about yourself as a child, you, you're a ball of inflammation, right? Oh, yeah. Joint pain, autoimmune disease. I mean, God, there's so much inflammation that we're exposed to now as human beings because of the environment and food and toxins and the list goes on and on and on. But what you're saying is we have more control over this than we think. And I think if we read your, and by the way, I, I will comment on this when you said, I decided to do a little blog. Your blog turned into multiple New York Times bestselling books. So nice blog, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. It, it, there's 3,000 posts on it now, but it was all just like, you know, I've interviewed almost a thousand people on Bulletproof Radio now because I'm always curious and there's stuff that I don't know. But at this point, I lectured to thousands of doctors at the American Academy of anti Medicine because I'm a computer hacker. Like I created the biohacking field because someone had to take the systems biology and, and you know this because you treat patients, you're trained in medicine to look for the one thing that's the problem. But in, in life, it's never one thing that's the problem. It's 25 things at different levels. And that's what you do right, as a hacker. Right. And, and it's okay if you don't know everything. Did I change the state of the system? Did I lose the weight? Did my brain turn back on? Right. Do I look the way I want? And was it too much work to do it? And at the end of the day, when you go to bed at night, how did I do today? And was it worth it? Are some really important questions. And if the answer is, hell yeah, it was worth it. This was the best day ever. Maybe you're doing something right. Maybe your cells made more energy today. Maybe you had less stress. You had less toxins. Right? Maybe you changed the thought process. Maybe you did some breath work that changed the ratio of fight or flight to rest and reset mode. All of those are biohacks. Right. And how do you know which one to do? Well, that's why I'm here. That's why you're here. You, you can hire a doctor. You can hire a coach. Uh, you can learn. And I think the best coach is honestly yourself, to yes. listen to yourself, to, to try things. But God, you got to listen to your body. You got to listen to your mind sometimes. And I think we get caught up in doing all of this stuff, but we don't take that mindful moment of time to say, 
do I feel good or do I feel like crap? You know, and as you said, you put it beautifully. How did I do today? Right. Reflection. Look back. Did I eat well? Did I not? Did I stay hydrated today or did I not drink enough water? Did, you know, all of these things. Was I active enough? Was I, did I respect the stress in my life today? All of these things are so important. But if you just roll into bed and just like I got it rolling to tomorrow because it's a big day. Give yourself a minute and just say, hey. Uh, it's a body. It's not a machine. How did I do today? And better yet, what can I do tomorrow to maybe make a better difference? Because I do have a challenging day tomorrow, but I learned this from today. So tomorrow I'm going to enter it with a different mindset. Very, uh, very well put. Um, the, the mindset is a huge part of, of how you feel. And what's really weird though, is that if you eat the wrong stuff, your mindset will be negative. And what I figured out over the course of the last 10 years and what I highlight in Fast This Way is that there are five classes of food that are likely to make you ravenously hungry so that you act like a jerk. Because when you're really hungry, you're not going to have room after those, those three F words we talked about. The fourth F word is friend. We're supposed to be kind to kids and take care of our elders and be active members of our community. We're actually wired to do that, but not if you're hungry, not if you're tired, not if there's no love in your life. Uh, not if you're afraid. So how do we use food to shift you out of fear? And the people you described, when it's not like you, they wake up in the morning, they're ravenous. They're ravenous because of what they had for dinner before. And what fasting teaches you is that some foods you think are healthy, like kale maybe, um, are actually not healthy and that they make you really hungry. So if you eat and it makes you want to eat right afterwards, well, then you know that was not a food that was compatible with your biology. All right. So what are these five things? Well, they're different for different people, but plants can't run away from you and they don't want to get eaten either because we're all wired to survive on this planet. So they cover themselves in toxins to discourage predators. And one of the, the toxins that I've been talking about for a decade is called oxalic acid. And it's present in kale and raw spinach in very high amounts. Oxalic acid gives you kidney stones and it forms tiny crystals throughout your body when it comes into contact with calcium and it's associated gout, with gout as well, right? Gout. Yeah. Gout inflammation. Right. So we have Big all these one. raw vegans like I used to be eating three kale salads a day and kale juices and walking around going, I wonder why my feet hurt and my back hurts. And I have this muscle pain. After all time. It's because <laughs> of the stupid kale. Right? Have you ever eaten a kale salad and been full for more than an hour? It's your body going, can I have some sugar to deal with all the inflammation you just gave me? So it's also full of thallium, which is a toxic metal. So it's something that's a perceived health food. And then there's something called lectins, which are also a part of the Bulletproof diet. Lectins are not all bad for you. Your body makes thousands of them. It's a certain type of protein that sticks to a certain kind of sugar. If you have the right genetics though, common lectins from grains, things like um, bell peppers and the nightshade family, when you eat them, they punch a hole in your gut which makes you hungry. And then they stick to your joints or other parts of your body, like your brain, which makes you inflamed. And it also makes you hungry. So those would be examples of two of them. Uh, we also have histamine, which comes from leftovers and especially leftover fish and pork and any fermented soy product. Histamine is a neurotransmitter. It's responsible for allergies. And if you eat something with histamine in it, it can make you really profoundly hungry. So those are three of the five. And if you think about it, well, wait a minute. You mean sometimes I eat stuff and then I have huge amounts of, of cravings and other times I eat different things and I don't have cravings. The cravings are not a weakness. 
the cravings are actually something you're doing to yourself. Fasting is going to teach you how to eat foods that are compatible with your own biology. So I have a question. Like I, I remember when I was a kid, kale was what surrounded all those salad bars at the pizza place that I used to go to. Right. And then all of a sudden everyone started eating it, but it was, it's, it's the, it was so bizarre. I'm like, what is this that we're now eating? It was really, really bizarre. The other thing I don't, I bothers me about kale is you buy like 20 pounds of it and it shrinks down to like a cup. It's like, I'm like, Jesus, oh, is, you know, you get fooled. You know, what drives me crazy. I talk about eating grass-fed beef as one of the most, or lamb, as one of the most important nutrient-dense foods you could you could possibly get. It's because our cells are made out of tiny droplets of fat. And when you get those precious right. animal fats from grass-fed animals, not grain-fed, not industrial-fed, not mistreated animals, um, it really changes how you feel. Grass-fed butter is a more affordable way to get some of those same fats. But you must do this if you want to age well and feel good and have hormones that work. Uh, so... You look at what happens when people say, oh, but it's too expensive. You could buy a pound of kale for like five bucks or seven bucks or something. Right. But when you cook right. that kale, you had four bites of kale. Kale is <laughs> way exactly. more expensive than beef. And it's got nothing right. in there that is that is worth more than the bad stuff in there. Because all foods in, in the philosophy of the Bulletproof Diet, the fastest way, there's only three things in there. There's energy, which is good. We call it calories, but you need them because that's what makes you life. And then there's bad stuff and then there's good stuff. And right. all these crazy people go, oh, but it's high in potassium. Like if it's high in potassium <laughs> and high in lead, maybe you shouldn't eat it, but they don't. Right. I'm sorry, lead. but lead's a bad thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so get rid of the bad stuff first. And, and what you'll find is foods with bad things make you have cravings. So you have them for dinner. You wake up the next morning. You're going to die without a muffin. Congratulations. You learned what's not to have for dinner the night before. And like this is the gift of fasting. And that was why it was worth writing Fast This Way, a whole book about it, because of that self-learning that comes. I know you mentioned that your wife is a doctor. I can only imagine the discussions you guys have had. I mean, I'm sure you guys go at it left. It's I, I want to come over for Thanksgiving. Well, if there's Thanksgiving, we probably don't eat till later in the day because of the fastest way, but I'm sure you guys must really go at it. No, she's in agreement with me. She wasn't always, but when I met her, um, she's from the Karolinska Institute in Sweden, uh, which is you know, a very uh, well-known, okay. you know, respectable, sure. respectable medical school where they give out the Nobel yeah, Prize. Yeah, you think medicine. so? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but I met her and she was rail thin. Uh, I mean, so thin that there was no padding and she was cold all the time. And I said, and, oh, and she was infertile and we wanted to have kids. And I said, you know, we can do something about that. Let's stop eating the bad stuff. So she quit eating a half a cup of ground flaxseed every day, which especially ground flaxseed is not good for you. Small amounts for fiber might be good for you, but flax oil, especially in excess, is even in Ayurveda, it's considered a drying oil. So not exactly as healthy as you thought it was. And if you're cooking it, it's really unhealthy because it's an unstable oil. And that's, by the way, one of the other things in fastest way, you'll find omega-6 oils, soybean, corn, canola, things like that, especially fried, they always cause cravings because they're bad for you. And so we got her off that and we got her off soy milk and added in some grass-fed butter and some grass-fed meat. And magically, right. she gained the weight she had been unable to gain since she was 16 to the point she was warm and she could sit comfortably. And we ended up writing a whole book. My very first book was you know, five years of research on how did we turn her fertility back on. So she's into the biohacking thing. And she resisted it at first because well, that's not what they taught us in medical school. And here's the cool thing, right? Just try it. Like, you, you know, there's no harm in doing this for a week. And if your energy goes up, then there you go. So we're in alignment the vast majority of the time. And every now and then she rolls her eyes and says, tell me if that works. 
<laughs> so I'm the guinea pig. You know, but- you guys, I think it's a perfect compliment. You know, it, it's you, you, you know, you're one of these Elon Musk guys, right? You're like, a, you, you think outside the box. And then when you combine that with the more traditional thinking, like your wife, clearly that's a great match. And clearly yeah. I, I'm sure you can credit her with having stimulated more thought process Absolutely. Not that you need more thought process, right? But it, it's kind of created that challenge, right? That healthy challenge that said, where where she says to you, okay, or you say to yourself, all right, Dave, she's right about this. How can I? How can I maybe look at that differently or whatever? And it just sprouts more good thoughts uh, and hopefully more uh, New York Times bestsellers on your part. I I think that it's I think it's going in that direction. And also she's there to resuscitate me if I really screw up a biohack. <laughs> Listen, uh, I can't thank you enough. And uh I mean, it's really an honor to be able to speak with you. And uh I just it's it's what I love most about doing these podcasts is it's a selfish thing for me to be able to gain from people like you that are out there. And, and what I challenge people to do is you thought outside the box, Dave. And I think that you challenged yourself and you put yourself out. I mean, geez, you put yourself in a cave. You did stuff that people would dare not do and never even think of doing. And I thank you. And I think the world should thank you because you're really, really inspiring. And you're, you're a daredevil. You're, you're like the evil Knievel of biohacking, right? You're doing, yeah, look, I'm going to come up with some good stuff here, but I really appreciate what, what you're doing and continue to do. And listen, you said you're 47, right? So you're a young guy. So yeah. Yeah. And you're going to live to 180. So you got another what? 132. That's a lot of information coming our way. I've only had my 28% birthday and I'm planning to keep it that way. I like that. I may start doing the percentage thing. I love it. It's a different view. And let me invite all of your listeners, go to fastestway.com. I'm not trying to collect your money, but I will teach you to fast. It's free. That was Two my weeks next of challenge. Like right, it's, that's it's there my next question. How do we get you? How do we get to you? How do we tap into that knowledge? Yeah. How do, where do I send my listeners? All right. So if, if fasting is something that's interesting to you, you're not even ready to read fast this way. Just go to fastestway.com, click the sign up for the challenge button. There's a community of 60,000 people who will help you do it. And my team will help you do it. It will teach you every day, try this, try this. So it, it doesn't have to be painful or scary. And there's people who've got your back. And the second thing is go to Bulletproof Radio. You already clearly like podcasts uh, and it's in the top hundred on iTunes you'll find that there's huge numbers of interviews with people who are looking doctors and researchers in an accessible way. You know, how do we, how do we all learn how to manage this human body and human mind that we're all gifted with? Dude, I, I love your stuff. Huge oh, fan. I think you. everything you do is just uh, mind blowing and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks for having me on. And now for this week's Weekly Rx. Well, listen, we're fortunate. We were fortunate to have such a rock star in the industry. I mean, mind blowing and and just such a cool guy. Um, A lot of great nuggets of information, but a couple that I think we should keep in mind uh, and a couple that Dave mentioned, you know, number one, we're all different. We're all different. We're individuals and our bodies, our minds they're different. And I think we're also much more capable than we think. You know, Dave talked a lot about that. You know, we can challenge ourselves a little bit, but I think you need to be 
sort of less afraid and trust your body and know what your body is capable of doing. And the body's an amazing, amazing thing. And, and lastly, uh, and I've used this before, but I think we should always be trying. We should always be giving it an effort because we don't know what our bodies are mentally and physically capable of doing until we tap into it. So trying new things uh, and trust yourselves. Trust yourselves that you're going to make the right decisions and you're going to ask yourself the right questions. And ultimately, the goal is a lifelong of, of health. That's it for today. Don't forget to subscribe for free, download and listen to Wellness Inc. with me, Dr. Mike Moreno on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And follow me on social at The 17 Day Diet. This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professional. This podcast does not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please go to stage29.tv.